0: Hi, I'm Megan Francis. And I'm Dave Kroc. And this is the LifeWork Podcast. In this show, we'll explore what it really takes to build a business while designing a life that matters. Welcome to LifeWork Podcast. I'm Dave Kroc. A quick program update. We've been taking your advice, and this week we're rolling out a new iteration of the show. Now, twice a week, you'll get a deeper dive on the subjects that you want to hear about. And we hope you like it. Please do give us some feedback at lifeworkpodcast.com or via email at hello at lifeworkpodcast.com. This week on the show, I'll be interviewing Alex Kravitz, a young entrepreneur who's built a business that allows him to work from anywhere in the world. It's largely automated, allowing him to work shorter work weeks, maybe even a four-hour work week. In 2014, Cognity hit the market, allowing high performers to consume useful energy and focus their minds without the jitters associated with coffee and energy drinks traditionally. It uh, truly is possible to build a cash-flowing business that supports your life without taking up all of your time. And I'm talking with Alex today about how we did that with Cognity. Hey, man. How you doing? Excellent, excellent. How are you I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the show today. We appreciate you being here. I'm excited to um, dig into the story um, behind one of my one of my current favorite products Cognitive.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear it.
0: Yeah, I drink this stuff on a habitual basis um, I'm sure there's probably some some unsafe level for the human body that I, I have not yet approached. At least I'm not feeling the effects of, but uh,
1: if there is, I haven't hit it and I drink it about six times a day. So there you you're go. Probably.
0: Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> so Cognity. So let's, uh, for the people that don't know, I'm going to have you describe for our listeners, what Cognity is and, and the Genesis story of how it came to be.
1: Sure. So Cognity is a tea for mental clarity and focus without the jitters, headache or crash. Uh, essentially, what makes it so unique is that it's made with L-theanine, which is an amino acid from green tea that we um, actually have 100 milligrams of, uh, compared to green tea that might have you know anywhere between two and a half milligrams and 20 milligrams if you have a very high-end uh, green tea. Mm. Uh, so we take this extract uh, and we combine it with about 10 other um, organic herbs and teas uh, and natural caffeine that's found in these teas. Uh, and it all comes together to essentially create this feeling of, we call it productive energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's energy you can actually use. So you're not, you know, freaking out and too jittery. It's uh, very much a, a centered type of um, energy
0: and that, feeling. That's awesome. And in, in who, I I mean, I obviously anybody that needs to be productive in terms of using their mind, um, focusing in, things like that would be, it would be good for. But have you found that there's a certain market or ideal customer for you?
1: Um. Customer target or target customer fit is um, challenging, and I think it, a product like this, we found that so many people resonate with it. So when I started out, I was targeting only entrepreneurs, people like me, uh, especially people working in co-working spaces. Mm-hmm. And quickly, we found that you know that's one part of someone's life, but people also identify with being athletes or being young parents, uh, and those are two other markets as well as students. You know, uh, three markets right there. Uh, who really gravitated towards the product and ended up using it daily where we didn't even intend it uh, to be used.
0: That's amazing. Well, and for me, I discovered it, it was in a sort of like a mystery envelope uh, subscription service that I was part of. And I got this, uh, I got this uh, one serving, right? So the one tea bag and it sat on my desk. I think we, I told you this story uh, prior it sat on my desk for a few weeks and I just looked at me and it said, Hey Dave, I'm right here. I am productive energy. You should probably check me out. And, uh, of course I didn't. And then one day I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I was getting kind of burned out on the coffee thing, the up and down of the jitters and all that fun stuff. And so I, um, I took a look at it and I thought, all right, I'm going to brew this up and see what happens here. So it's about 2 PM on some random weekday and I brew up a cup of the, of the tea and I'm maybe a sip and a half in, two sips in, and I can already feel the effects, the focusing effects of the Altheanian and, and just the tea in general. And I was hooked from that point. So I've been a, I've been a raving fan of yours ever since.
1: <laughs> it's what we like to hear.
0: Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> you know,
1: I, uh, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I had a lot of fear, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about later in the, uh, in the podcast, but um, a lot of fear of what people would think about tea. And, and would you even take the time to steep tea, right, in, in mm. today's age where everyone's go, go, go? Right. Um, you know, and so it's nice to hear, you know, your experience where you tried it uh, and immediately felt the effects.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and if I'm in a place where I can get hot water fairly fast, you know, I, uh, my main office is in a retirement community. So we have back in the kitchen, we've got the the immediate, hot water for tea. So I just grab that, fill up a cup and boom, I'm ready to go. You know, five minutes later, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking. So, um, yeah, it's been great. So let's go back. Let's go, let's go back through the entrepreneurial journey prior to even starting Cognity. How did you kind of go from being just a regular old guy or a regular old kid, I guess, in, in, <laughs> in your case to, to being an entrepreneur?
1: I think I'm always going to be a kid. I don't think that's ever going to change. There we go. Um, <laughs>
0: you, you, you've got a, so, a young sounding voice. I think you could write, you could pretty much ride that for a number of years. I think you
1: should see, I, I, it's very hard for me to grow a beer too. So I think all in I'm, I'm set for the next 10 or 12 years. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I guess it goes back honestly till, to, uh, to about 2011, uh, where I was consulting for a handful of companies, uh, tech companies, mostly some in Boston, some on the West coast. And I was doing a lot of traveling and I, I just, essentially kind of got burnt out uh i was looking for something to do on the side uh where i could generate a decent amount of money you know a couple of thousand dollars a month just mm-hmm. to uh, perhaps slow some of my consulting down and you know w- everyone has always said read the four-hour work week and i thought that was the dumbest title ever right. and for years i ignored it never read it similar to this bag sitting on your desk for
0: yeah a of weeks. yeah <laughs> everybody's mentioning it but you're not trying it yep
1: Yeah, exactly. I just, you know, I didn't buy into it. Uh, But of course, you know, one day I I sat down. I think I read the book maybe in thirty six hours, or I just sped through it. I couldn't put it down. And uh, some of it I don't agree with, but I think the main messages in the book uh, really helped me kind of get off my ass and do something. And after, from from the time I completed the book, it took me about. Honestly, two days to come up with this idea of cognity, and it essentially goes back to to Tim's idea of a muse. Where uh, you know, in my case, I was looking around my own life and something that I I'm um, a problem I was having was being sensitive to caffeine. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I couldn't drink coffee or Red Bull to to do work because I would just get way too jittery uh, and freak out. So I was drinking tea at the time, but I said there's got to be something else out there that could be better. Um, so, so that's where the idea started. And then, uh, Tim, I, I think on his blog was also reviewing a product called alpha brain. Are, are you familiar with that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of it. Yep.
1: Have you tried that?
0: I've not tried it. No. Okay.
1: So I, I have some friends who have, and, and some of them like it. Um, I, I, Personally, didn't enjoy it, but that's partly because I researched all of the ingredients, trying to figure out what, if anything, would be a match for cognity. And uh, what I was going for was something much more natural, tested, and and essentially mother-approved in quotes. And uh, so I stayed away from a lot of those ingredients. But um, you know, Tim's book and, and Alpha Brain really helped me come up with this concept. Uh, in you know a couple of days, the brand came together, the name came together, and and then the hard work began. I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing that it came together that fast. And, and and but at the same time, you saw the opportunity right in your own life, living the life of an entrepreneur and a consultant, and and having some issues with it. We, so many of us, rely on certain substances in our lives to help keep us going or to wake us up. Or what, I mean, we tend to lean towards those things. I think America has. It's addictions uh, that we, <laughs> our we, vices, yes, our 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 uh, what do you call them? The 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 nicer sins, I guess, or whatever. But um, the the idea of so many people are would love to move away from coffee because of. Either they drink bad coffee and so they have to add a bunch of stuff to it. So that's my that's my story, right? I I tend to not drink the best coffees. I've got a Keurig machine, right? So and I'm sure I'll I'll get the, the letters about the wastage and stuff like that too. <laughs> but so I've got the Keurig machine. It's quick, boom, cup is there. But I have to put so much sugar in it and I'm relatively sugar sensitive that it impacts my blood sugar level throughout the day. So mm-hmm. the idea that I can switch and have switched to cognity or something like that where I can I can kind of maintain maintain what I'm looking for. It, it's, it's just obvious, you know, it makes total sense. So you you found the, the obvious, well, you, you discovered the, created the obvious solution for people, but you, from that opportunity where you saw you needed that, and then also saw that, what did you see in the idea of this, where you thought I can do this as something that is like a muse, like business, something that it doesn't require my every last waking hour. What? When did you kind of realize that this was an opportunity for that kind of business?
1: So right from the beginning, and it's kind of funny because it, I didn't realize the opportunity until perhaps six months, eight months in when we really went to launch it. Mm. Um, it was really a lot about validating will people buy it, mm-hmm. and I didn't catch on to the fact that people. You know, didn't necessarily love uh, their coffee addiction or, or if they enjoyed coffee, but they wanted to supplement it because they're not getting that extra d- uh, dose of sugar in the afternoon or, or whatever, cream and sugar. Right. Um, so I kind of stumbled upon that as I went. In the beginning, I thought it would be a muse because it was something I could manufacture with partners and essentially be hands-free Mm-hmm. And I could sit uh, anywhere in the world and focus on the sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that those two, I guess, components were what really uh, made it attractive to me in the beginning. And then, fortunately, or or for better or for worse, uh, I realized that the brand that we had, you know, I had in my mind and the product. Had the opportunity to be much bigger than just Amuse, and and if I put the effort in, we would probably see a lot more success than I had even uh, initially had hoped for.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and the idea. Let's go back and define Amuse for people that haven't read the Four Hour week. So, Amuse is a business where it's very simple. You identify a niche market that's looking for something. You have an easy way of acquiring or producing what they want, and you can fairly well automate the whole the whole process. Is that would that be kind of your your take on it as well.
1: Yeah. And, and I also, uh, I love to put a spin on it and maybe it's only my, my personal interpretation is that it's something that you really care about or that you would use yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Tim uses examples of, of, uh, of shirts and, and, and just, yeah, I think workout DVDs or something. Right. Um, and in one case I think someone was actually into fitness and the other person just came up with the idea of importing shorts, sh- uh, sorry, shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, any business is going to take longer and it's going to be much harder than you ever think. So something that you also kind of care about helps that muse be successful.
0: For sure. Yeah. You, you can drive it home because you know, you know the the life and you know what you're looking for and everything. Yeah. So, um, let's go back to some, some lessons learned along the way. So I know you, you sort of got launched in a way or you utilized crowdfunding during your launch, didn't you? Yes, we did. Yeah. So how did that go? What were some, what would, how did that process come to fruition? How did you decide to choose that that route, and and uh, w- what did you experience along the way?
1: So, I originally was against the idea because I had these grandiose ideas, thinking that you know we could get enough press in the beginning just to launch and start selling. Just to and bootstrap. I, what was that?
0: Just a bootstrap.
1: Yeah, and, and, to, and to a certain extent, we did, because we ended up only raising about $12,500. So I funded the other $12,500 to get it off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, the idea sounded much better after going to a lot of co-working spaces and seeing other companies uh, in New York and Boston that had leveraged crowdfunding and raised a lot of money um, and had been very successful with it. And it wasn't just the money. They got customers. They got press. Um, and they had a lot of partnerships spring out that they had never even envisioned. So mm-hmm. all of that combined made, made it attractive for us. Uh, and we spent uh, the better part of four to five months, uh, prepping, you know, making the video, sending samples to bloggers and news outlets and and friends and family and really getting everyone involved, uh, to the, to make that launch as successful as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, so from that point, then that launches that helps launch the product. It's interesting to me. You you mentioned twelve five, and you put twelve five in. It the average amount that a new business is launched with is twenty five thousand dollars. So it's interesting how many times, and that number has come up for me in in launches and whatnot. It's interesting how how often it really <laughs> comes back to twenty five thousand, which is is not that difficult to raise if you've got a great a great approach and you've got you know some sources in your own your own money, which is very interesting because I think a lot of people think it takes just a ton of money to start a business, or it takes the perfect idea or the team fully formed and all those sorts of things. Can you talk to the people out there who might think this is, well, Alex is, I mean, he's, he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. He's consulting in tech. He's, he's got a a foot in the door, you know, those sorts of things. Can you talk about the reality behind how with enough study, virtually anybody can kind of take this approach?
1: Certainly, I mean, I, I think the first thing I'll say is the twenty five thousand dollar number only came after about five or six months worth of work. And I started with three hundred dollars, and that was to buy some ingredients that I would then, uh, literally, out of an episode of Breaking Bad, I was a drug dealer. I had a scale in my apartment, and I was cutting up tea and making you know these uh, heat sealed tea bags. Uh, and I did all of that for a couple of months on about three hundred dollars, and. It was only at that point when I was living at the time with uh, four other friends, uh, they would try it. And finally, they, they tasted something that they liked and they could see themselves drinking. And from that point on, you know, I think I spent uh, maybe $1,000 after that to get some actual samples produced. And they were the most pathetic samples of tea bags you've ever seen, right? <laughs> Strings falling off, bags opening up in water and the tea falling everywhere. But what I learned was that people actually liked it and they liked the little stickers on the bags, they liked mm-hmm. the logo, they liked the name, they liked the taste and the smell, and everything came together. So I would say I probably didn't spend more than about $1,500 before I knew that my investments that I would make for were in the future would ultimately pay off to a certain extent. I, I didn't know how much, yeah. but I knew that it didn't take 25 k That was once it was proven to actually go out and get our packaging, uh, and our first, you know, run of ingredients. And, and I think 60,000 bags to be, uh, to be produced.
0: Yeah. Which is amazing. I mean, it just shows with a few hundred dollars, the right idea, the hustle, the proving of it. This is another thing that, that that's come up on, on previous shows. We, we have an entire week, um, where we talked about the idea of scaling up and the idea of pivoting and the idea of looking at a launch in a lean fashion and i think that was very smart in the way that you approached that was was that just did you approach your launch and the the proving of the product and everything that way because that was a philosophy that you had taken or was that necessity or how did that how did that come to fruition
1: i think it was necessity only because to find so let me back up our our blend is unique in that we use powders, and powders do not run on standard tea packing machines. Mm. So we actually, in the beginning, I spent a lot of time trying to find a partner who could help create a process by which we could use these powders in our blend. And that took a significant amount of time. So out of necessity, I didn't want to spend a lot of money, and I also couldn't spend a lot of money to produce all of this in the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, It took time to actually figure out, which thankfully I, I, I was able to do and not rush forward and uh, spend a lot of money on a product that perhaps had no market. Uh, So so it worked out for us in the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and the idea that that you were able to, from the start, design something, a business, that supports the rest of your life, um, that's a really interesting thought because I think a lot of people go into a business or start one with the idea that it would be their life. It would be their main focus. And the idea that you kind of went in and said, you know, this is going to be a muse business. It's going to allow me to have some location independence. It's going to allow me to do more things with my life and reduce the amount of time that I spend on it. Going in, um, I, I just want to talk about that a little bit more because, you know, I, with the other things that you've done with the future ahead for you and whatnot, how did you decide to, to kind of situate that, that way? And is that a recommendation that you'd have for other people to take with, with every business?
1: So I'll be honest. It, 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 it's gone back and forth between being a muse and a full-time business that has people working for it. And I see a future in being a brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think it's possible to have a big brand also be a muse, but for us, uh, we, we haven't really experienced that. You know, it's been a lot of work for us to get, uh, customers and, and we have a great product, but we don't have something that is so revolutionary and so game changing that it's noteworthy. It's much more of a cult product where mm-hmm. we have people who love it and they start telling their friends and slowly, but surely we grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not going to be in the front page of TechCrunch, which in the beginning I thought we would be. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. <laughs> so right.
1: I had to reset my expectations. Um, so over time, you know, we were, we were going into uh, direct online uh, to consumers. We were going direct to retail and we were in about 40 stores around the northeast and then looking to expand through a region of Whole Foods uh, and that path would have taken us out of the muse stage, at that point, mm-hmm. you know you're doing demos. You have sales staff. You have uh, potentially brokers, and you're just working at a totally different level uh, day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So, thankfully, I made the call to pull back, and it was a diff- you know a very difficult call to turn down some of these amazing retailers um, and opportunities. But at the core, I realized that. I needed this business to be number one, sustainable for myself mm-hmm. uh, and and itself. I guess I should first say the business needed to be sustainable, as I never wanted to go out and raise money. Right. So. Building that muse-like foundation will then give us the opportunity down the road to make those uh, you know self-funded and educated decisions um, on on do we want to take it to the next level?
0: Right, right. And I think that's an important thing to think about the self-funding because that gives you options. You know, you're not in a position. I think a lot of people start a business where they know or they don't know, and it, it becomes obvious to them that they're going to need a lot more capital than they initially thought in order to get it where they where <laughs> they want to take it. And so right. you've kind of got yourself in a in a great position now, right?
1: Right. And and, and to your, your second question about is it or you know do I recommend uh, building it like a muse? I think it comes down to what is the idea, right? If 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 you think you can make a thousand or two thousand dollars a month on, on selling something, then most likely, yeah, it probably should be a muse. Um, if there's a you know a potential for a really big brand play or or SaaS play or, or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, it may not lend itself to be a muse. Uh, or or you have the option you know with different industries and different different concepts. Um, I think it, it, it's out. It depends on what do you want out of life. Period. Right? Why right. are you doing this? And yeah. where are you going? And that will help make your decision.
0: Sure, works backwards. When that, and that becomes comes back to the point of the business serves your life, not your life serves the business. And, um, you know, for you, what, what, what are the fun things that you like to do that you want a business to serve your life for? <laughs> so I'm,
1: I have ADD when it comes to businesses, uh, and I've learned that and I've tried everything in my power to focus on a business, but, uh, I, I think hot Cognity is the longest consecutive business I've been in part, a part of, um, where I haven't changed gears. And so, I, I you know i I personally love starting something and then being uh, like you said a location independent traveling um, meeting a lot of new people. I also have friends that live you know sort of all over the uh, the u s um, and they're all very entrepreneurial, so checking out what other people are doing and seeing where there are other opportunities is very attractive for me um, you know so building a company that lets me do that uh, and funnel uh, hopefully you know uh, some sort of investment uh, money into other opportunities. Um, is exactly what I was looking for in the beginning
0: yeah, for sure, well you, you and I are a lot alike in that sense I, you know I, and I think this is true for for many entrepreneurs. The idea that the the, the overused term of serial entrepreneur um, <laughs> becomes we don 't even have to go there, but we all know what that means. It means repetitive entrepreneurship the I, I get to that same point, you know, I like to launch things, I like the idea of thinking and planning winning the future with my friends. But when it comes for op, to the operations side, I only have a couple of companies that I focus on operations for. Everything else has got to get quickly past that point where my involvement is not necessary. Otherwise, yeah, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Right. And I start thinking about what's next.
1: Right. And and, and a good point too I'll make is, is or at least I think it's a good point. <laughs> is that as I have progressed through through my life in the past, you know, five years uh, specifically, what I want has definitely changed, right? What I look for in opportunity now isn't something just to make money, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that I really believe will have an impact in um, a greater sense, right? Uh, mm-hmm. More than just myself and, and, and being amused to live my life. Um, you know, Cognity is very much a lifestyle brand in the sense that we have a very active community of people living the lifestyle that, that uh, embody our motto, which is, I can, I will. Right, motivated people who don't take no for an answer go out and kick ass every day. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, you know, getting those emails from people, uh, I got one the other day who who their shipment was somehow USPS had lost, and and that happens rarely, mm-hmm. but it does happen. And it was it was kind of an angry email saying, "Hey, we like your product. We 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 bought it before. This has never happened. You know what the hell is going on?" And you sent out a new priority package free, obviously, very quickly. And that person, going from a detractor, emailed unprovoked, emailed a you know, a two-paragraph um, uh, explanation or, or description of you know they just had a few kids and they're going through a, a new house and a new job uh, and and everything in their life um, you know is hard, but you know the T helps them uh, you know survive their their kids and and kind of everything they need to do in their household. Um, and we get examples like that from from all the way from that from to entrepreneurs who are twenty years old starting companies. Um, so so we do have an impact, but. As I progress, you know, that's one type of impact, and then and, and I'm sort of looking for the next you know, What is that next impact going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it doesn't have to be an NGO or something about, say, you know, right. clean water. If that's what motivates you and excites you, then it's you know, definitely very important. Um, but for me, I still am defining you know, what I think is a relevant and meaningful impact and, and
0: how can I play my role. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a friend of mine, Michael Lindenmeyer. Uh, we did a radio show back in the day together, but uh, he's part of the group Toilet Hackers, so they're basically working on sanitation around the world, and that's what he's gotten fired up But. Uh, you know, about in his life, but he, he came from the investment banking world and then kind of shifted over into, into the, the idea of uh, social enterprise and social good through, through business. So it's certainly something where I think that, that approach and the, the mindset behind that tends to, tends to be something that motivates people beyond, you know, because when you're scrapping and clawing and just kind of getting going, the, the, the dream is about sustainability, right? The, the dream is about being able to create something that, that, pays the bills and you can eat and all that fun stuff. And then you get to that point where you start to think about what's next. You start to think about what is the impact that I can have. Um, Yeah. Are there any areas of passion that you have in outside of, you know, not maybe not discovering a, a specific business opportunity in that area, but in an area of social good or otherwise that you want to impact?
1: Uh, certainly, uh, I want to address your first point, uh, yep. or a point you just made in a second, but, uh, I'm, I think that education is one of the most important things, uh, we can, you know, participate in. So, so I think, uh, my ultimate dream would be to start some sort of entrepreneurial education in developing, uh, countries. Uh, and I know there are a lot of education, I have pencils for promise, uh, mm-hmm. or is it pencils for? Pencils for Hope. I should know this because I think what their organization does is great. Um, clearly, I don't know their name by heart, but um, organizations like that really have the ability to change the world. And, the, and you can't necessarily expect a nonprofit to go to a developing country um, and create infrastructure and education and sanitation and really change people's life. You need them to buy in, and, and the way to do that and educate you know is education. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I would like uh, to see happen in my future.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's it is pencils of promise. I'll put the, I'll put this in the show notes for people that want to check it out. The, those notes will be available at lifeworkpodcast.com um, along with this episode as well. Um, are you familiar with the the Global Learning X Prize? That Peter I am. Peter yes, is yes. Doing? Yeah, I, I chipped in on that. I, I'd love to see that really take take off. It's amazing to me to watch when they drop an iPad with an education app into a village where kids have never dealt with yeah. technology and how fast they learn. It's just amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and and, I, and it, it is, it is, and I, and I think also you, we can probably reap the benefits of that, you know, within you know, say two to ten years, right? The timetable is very short mm-hmm. with something like that, uh, where you'll see you know entrepreneurial ventures and 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 everything spring up. So I think in the next hopefully five to ten years, uh, I'll make that transition to starting that path. Um, but, but to my point, you know, you, you talk about. In the beginning, entrepreneurs are, are focused on their sustainability, paying the bills, making you know money for food, uh, taking care of their families. Uh, it reminds me of uh, you ever read the Monk and the Riddle uh, from Randy Komazar?
0: I think I have. Yes, yes. So he
1: talks about this idea of a deferred life plan, and mm-hmm. I think for a, you know everyone has a different path, and it's easy to look uh, you know in hindsight and see. Uh, that I wish I had done the things differently or quicker. Um, the deferred life plan essentially always says, you know, you're going to make a lot of money and then you're going to do something. Right? right. I'm going to start this business. We're going to run it for five years. We're going to sell it, and I'm going to retire, and then I'm going to start my nonprofit, uh, or or get into music, or you know, do whatever I actually want to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of entrepreneurs and myself included made that mistake very early on, and. I recommend to anyone who is uh, thinking about starting a company in um, deferring something that they want to do that they they know they're passionate about and and you know they're essentially here to do in life. Do that, right? Money will come. Fig- you yeah. figure out how to make ends meet, uh, or or get an internship in that field, or do something that is towards your goal because nothing's guaranteed, right? You know, right? tomorrow's not guaranteed. Absolutely. You know, you don't know if that business is going to work or if you're, a, you'll be around, right? So do it today.
0: Absolutely. Or if the bus you're about to get hit by is just around the corner. Because exactly. it, it could all be over in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Exactly. Seize the day, folks. Seize the day. So what are you reading these days? Uh, you, you mentioned uh, The Monk and the Riddle. Um, I'm definitely going to put that in the show notes for people. What What else is on your... On your well, if you're like me, you've got a stack of 20 books that you're <laughs> that you're two percent into. Um, yep. What what's on your bookshelf right now?
1: Uh so Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually named my puppy after Marcus Aurelius, nice. um, which is awesome because he's an 18 pound dog. Uh, so <laughs> uh, that is sort of ongoing. Um, I've been reading a lot about national security and defense. So right now, uh, Black Flags. Mm-hmm. Is about the rise of ISIS, which mm-hmm. is super interesting, very, very well written book. Uh, same author I'm uh, also reading is um, a book called The Triple Agent. And I mean, this is all about uh, Al Qaeda and ISIS. And uh, to me, an inside view into how our government operates with the NSA and the CIA, mm. um, mind blowing, yeah. mind blowing, especially in our day and age. I think it's, it's very relevant. Uh, especially when we look at, at the political landscape and what's
0: going to happen. So, for sure.
1: uh, two books I highly recommend or three, if you count,
0: that's good uh, stuff. Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Meditations. Yeah. Excellent. I am jotting all these down.
1: I think on the shortness of life also by Seneca was awesome. Yeah. So that's, and that's a short read. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm short, working...
1: short read long to ponder.
0: Right. For sure. A lot of these things are actually, I'm I'm working my way through some of his letters as well short awesome. read, short reads and then you're you're sitting there for 10 minutes staring off into space. Con- <laughs> 10
1: hours like what happened <laughs> yeah
0: contemplating the shortness and or uh what you're doing with your life for sure yeah it, precisely <laughs> it's good stuff it's good stuff so if you were in my chair and you mm-hmm. were and you had alex on the other end of the 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 skype here what would you be asking you what would you what would you want people to know about you hmm
1: that's a good question um about, you know, me personally, I think uh, it's a very difficult question to even ask or answer is I think I'm still figuring out myself every day uh, as a person, as a, as a, I guess, individual and an entrepreneur and everything else that goes into living. Um, but I think I have, you know, a handful of other lessons that I've learned um, involve business and life. I guess I could I could, if I were you, I would ask perhaps more about that.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and take the bait. So what, what, what what is, what is the big life lesson that you're in right now or that you've learned recently?
1: So, uh, lately I've really been, it's it's going to sound so cliche. Um, but I have a big sign, uh, all over my desk that just says grow up. Hmm. And to me, I think, It really means uh, a lot of different things depending on the mood you're in or what you're actually trying to do. Uh, To me, it means, you know, grow up and do the work. Don't procrastinate. Just get it done. You don't want to? Doesn't matter. It has to get done. Do it. Right? Um, Change the way you think about things. That's a a quote I really like is uh, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm -hmm. That was too long to put up there. So I figured you grow up would be a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know i think there's a lot of times in our lives where we like to make excuses or we like to blame people or we like to get upset uh and and kind of pine over whatever you know something that didn't go right um or something you could have done better and the truth of the matter matters you, you get one shot at this so grow the hell up move on do what you got to do
0: that's good stuff that's good stuff maybe not that deep but well that's you uh... <laughs> usually i think it is because you think about it there's a there's a process of maturation that i think we all go through at crazy different ages i mean so i'm 37 and there are things that i'm transitioning through in terms of like emotional health and things like that that i should have you would think somebody that's well adjusted would kind of have nailed down in their late 20s but this is the way it goes this is the way it goes so
1: right our paths are are different for for everyone for sure
0: absolutely absolutely so good stuff well it's been great having you on the show today um where can people learn more about you and about Cognity, of course
1: uh uh our website which is cognity.com.
0: Excellent. I highly recommend people grab a box of that and try it immediately. Um, I've been passing them out and it's very interesting to watch people's reactions as they, they're trying to guess whether they're having a placebo effect or they're actually are more <laughs> focused and, and, uh, the more they try it, they realize this stuff actually works. So it's, it's fantastic. I'm loving the product.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm glad that you love it. And, uh, I'm glad to be on your show and, uh, you know, very honored that you even uh, asked me. So I hope, uh, I hope this was somewhat valuable to you and, and uh, your listeners, and I'm certainly going to be listening uh, from now on. Uh, from uh, as we go forward,
0: appreciate it. Yeah, this has been great. I think uh, I think people will draw a lot of a lot of lessons learned from this, um, and it's always fun to be a fly on the wall when you are listening to someone else's story because you so often see the brand, or you so often see the success, and it's nice to see the behind the scenes and, and the things that people work through and what they're thinking about and why they make the decisions they make. And so, uh, we really appreciate you being, being an open book here for us today.
1: And often you find that those people are thinking exactly like you. There's really nothing different than the person on the podcast and the person sitting listening to it, right? Everyone's got their own things that they're working towards Mm -hmm. their own doubts, their own, uh, you know, triumphs. Uh, it's all the same. You just got to keep pushing through.
0: Absolutely. yeah, I always like to like to tell people I don't think there's anybody in the world that couldn't do what've what I've done myself. so mm-hmm. uh, it's good stuff. So Alex, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Life Work Podcast. Build your business and design your life with us every day Monday through Friday. And find us at lifeworkpodcast.com.